Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Pixels podcast. I just wanted to start this episode out with a little housekeeping to keep all our listeners in the know. My co-host TJ Houston has taken a new teaching job and will no longer be a part of the podcast. We were really excited for TJ as we knew that this is something that he was really passionate about and wanted to get into, Um, but we are sad to see him go. Um, And with that said, we will be starting a new season of the Talking Pixels podcast where you can expect plenty of interviews with epic industry professionals. In our last episode, TJ and I interviewed photography educator and Olympus visionary Joe Edelman. And today I'm excited to welcome Jamie Lynn of Bombshell Boudoir by Jamie Lynn to the podcast. So today we're going to be diving into a little bit about the boudoir photography industry, how to go about marketing yourself, and how to empower your clients so that you too can build your own boudoir empire. What's up? I'm Justin and welcome to the Talking Pixels podcast, helping you take your photography from hobby to career. Joining me today is a Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio-based photographer and owner of Bombshell Boudoir by Jamie Lynn. I'm super excited to chat with Jamie Lynn about her business and dive into boudoir photography a little bit deeper. I've not had a ton of experience personally with boudoir photography, so I can't wait to find out more about it. But first, thank you, Jamie Lynn, for joining us. How's it going today? Um, it's going good. I'm really excited to be on here. Like I said, I'm a little nervous too, but mostly <laughs> excited. And just um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to chat with you. I've admired your work from uh, afar on social media for a long time and actually went a long time without realizing how closely we actually work to each other. I worked in a studio in Cuyahoga Falls too for like two and a half years. That was literally right down the street from yours and I hadn't even realized it. Um, but yeah, that's super cool. How do, um, how do you like working in Cuyahoga Falls? Honestly, I absolutely love it. I um, I got this studio. I've had it for about a little over a year now, and um, I really was not even looking for my own studio space when I got it. I um, was kind of renting, hourly renting from another space, and uh, but my daughter went to school here, and I passed my space, I mean, almost every day, mm-hmm. and there was a sign and I'm like you know for shits and giggles let's just check it out and I absolutely fell in love with it the community here is great um, being down on front street I'm surrounded by a ton of other small businesses so just mm-hmm. the energy around here is just really great yeah absolutely um that's really cool I actually I lived in uh let's say I lived in well kind of like border of stone Cuyahoga Falls for uh, a couple of years um, and I absolutely like w- growing up, I never went to the falls and w- after living there, I absolutely love that area. Front street itself has come such a long way in just like the past couple years, so much more foot traffic. They have great events on there. So it's definitely a great p- place to be in for like discoverability purposes and stuff. It beats me like my studios, downtown Cleveland in an old brick building with no signs on it. You know, like nobody knows I'm in there. Um, and there's not a whole lot of foot traffic that way either. So that's got to be a huge plus too, to being in like right in the heart of downtown Cuyahoga Falls. So there's a bunch of people who are constantly passing by. Oh, absolutely. And there, you know what though, being in those old buildings though, there's a lot of charm to that though. So. And that's it, why I love that's, it. It's a good space. 
yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's an interesting um I mean, I, I always just wanted a really open studio space, and that's kind of how I landed on that. I had a hard time finding that in terms of, like, um, commercial spaces in, 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 like, I don't know, in, in just different places. I had a hard time finding it, and then I finally found it, um, and now I'm kind of indifferent about it. Like, I've had that moment in shooting in those open spaces with great natural light and stuff, and now I'm kind of moving in different directions from it. I kind of want something a little bit more personable and less uh, industrial feeling. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that heads, but um, this isn't about me. This is about you. So why don't we jump into it? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your business and uh, your journey into, uh, into photography? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. Um, so I always loved photography as a kid. Um, my mom's friend who watched us quite frequently. She was actually a student at that time in Akron U and was going to school for photography. And while she would babysit us, she would, um, you know, just do our hair for us and take photos of us. And I remember one time she took photos and she had these like uh, black and white eight by tens printed out and showed me. And I was like, oh my God, that is just so cool. And so uh, that's kind of like the first time I ever was really interested in it. Um, and then even later on in life, you know, back in the day of like disposable cameras, like I, I loved having them, you know, and there was always just so much excitement with, you know, having them and turning in your film and being able to go pick them up. You know, I just, that was like a joy for me as a kid. Um, and then I just kind of like, as a teenager, just didn't really get into it very much. And uh, after I had my daughter about 14 years ago, there was a family friend of mine who actually worked at. Um, picture people in Chapel Hill Mall, good mm -hmm. old Chapel Hill. And, um, she said, why don't you come in, get some baby pictures, use my discount, you know, just come check out the place. And so I did. And while I was there, she said, we're really looking to add um, some seasonal employees this coming fall. So, you, you know, I remember you loving photography as a kid. Why don't you just give it a try? And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't have to work at that time. I was like, let's just do something to get out of the house that I do have a baby. I do want a discount on baby pictures. Let's try it. <laughs> and so um, I signed up for a seasonal position. I really did enjoy it. Um, and then within less than a year, they promoted me to the senior photographer. And what that looks like was I had to um, submit 10 of my strongest images that I loved the most and provided um, the most variety. And then they accepted me into the position where I would train our new photographers, um, do continuous coaching with them. And I also ran our mobile unit for preschool pictures and shot almost all of the sessions that I possibly could on my shift. So at that time, what that looked like for me is, you know, we were a family, a family focused corporate studio. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I was like sliding around on the floor, singing Elmo's world to kids, like just doing crazy <laughs> stuff to get them to smile with families in large groups. Um, so I did that. I was full-time um, in that position for about four years. And then as you probably know, the idea of, you know, corporate studios has really phased out over yeah. the past several years. And um, we got shut down out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like they told me you can't order any of your mobile supplies. And I just kind of knew wow. it was coming. I worked at a Sears portrait studio for a little bit as their manager very briefly, mm -hmm. uh, but I just didn't like the way 
way that it was run. I didn't like how dated um, their equipment in their studio was. It just was not a good fit for me. Um, so I took, I took a couple years off from that. Um, I actually was kind of like, this is not working. I need a real, like a big girl job. So I mm -hmm. went to nursing school, um, got a job working as a nursing assistant, which I did for about eight years, um, off and on. And, um, it's just been in the last five years that I've gotten back into photography and working, um, for myself. Awesome. So, about five years ago, again, I was still working in nursing, but I wanted to step down a little bit from my hours there. So I was like, well, let me kind of get back into photography. I'll help second shoot some weddings and just pick up some little side gigs here and there for extra money. Sure. And the more that I did that, the more I realized, okay, family photography is not my jam. Working with kids is also not my jam. And also I'm sitting in here in my anatomy class learning about like cellular division and all this stuff for nursing. And I'm like, I don't even want to do this. I want to answer my clients. I want right. to go edit. Um, so I actually ended up quitting nursing school for this, <laughs> which at the time seemed like, Oh my God, I am batshit crazy for making such a <laughs> wild decision. Um, but I have no regrets at all. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's just been the last year or so that I've been pretty much, full-time boudoir with the exception of a few weddings in not working in nursing at all. So that's kind of my journey. Into yeah, it. that's awesome. And I, I actually, I love um, those kind of like stories of how people got into the full-time photography because I, like I relate to it so much too. Like my first step is coming out of high school. I, you know, I'm telling my parents, Hey, I want to be a photographer. And they're like, uh, you want to be what? Like, <laughs> you know, like that's not a career path and you know, you need to go to college and do this. I mean, I still went to college and I, but I studied photography there. Um, yeah. and you know, what it ultimately comes down to is just, you know, wanting it and that passion and drive. And it, it just doesn't, I mean, I get it. Cause I was going to actually go into healthcare as well. I wanted to go into athletic training. Um, and so I, that was initially what I was going to go to school for. And then my senior year after I'd already applied to all my athletic training schools and stuff, I changed my mind. I was like, that's not it. It's not for me. I did. I was in my like second anatomy class in high school and I was actually taking an athletic training, like prep course. And I was like, this isn't going to be it for me. I just can't relate to this stuff. I'm not passionate about it. Photography. I was passionate about, I was going in, you know, after hour, after school, I started a photography club at school. I like all these things that just kept driving me to pursue it more. And I was like, that's really where I need to be. Like, it, it's the only thing that makes sense. Absolutely. And then I had a similar, you know, a similar course of like, I started in a, uh, well, I, I entered in a commercial studio, but then I started in a portrait studio as well. Um, mm -hmm. the, and the, the one I was talking about in Calgo Falls is just down the street from you. Uh, and they're still there, but they, um, I also learned that I didn't want to do families and children's stuff really. I mean, I, I do some here and there, but I did not want to make that the focus of my business. I'm like, I like playing with kids and have like, if they're around and they, they want to play, I'm cool with that. But getting kids to cooperate, I don't know how teachers do it. I, <laughs> it's such a challenge. So I, I knew I would have to be working with adults and that's kind of how I got into the wedding uh, thing too. So I totally relate to your whole story there. Um, but how did you know that your like calling was going to be boudoir photography or like, how did you know that was going to be your specialty? What kind of led you in that direction? So, um, 
much like you were talking about with the photography, you were more passionate about it versus, you know, healthcare or your athletic courses. I like, I don't like to do anything half-assed. If it doesn't mm-hmm. feel authentic to me, if it doesn't, if it's not something that I'm excited about, I, I really just don't want to do it. And um, it's really important to me that I give the, my best at all times. So if I'm doing family photos and I can't get your kid to listen and I, you know, that that's, that is some people's specialty and that's amazing. There are amazing family photographers out there. That's not for me. Um, but if I try to make it for me and I'm doing those photos and I'm not successful with it and I'm not happy about it, I'm not going to like the editing process. I'm not going to get things to you on time. Um, I'm really just not going to be able to show up as my best self if it's not not something that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I was raised with a lot of really strong women. And so I really just knew that I wanted to work with women. Mm -hmm. Um, The other aspect of that is um, I'm also um, very pro like sexual health. And Mm -hmm. so I really like women to be able to embrace that part of themselves. I don't think you have to hide it. Um, so, you know, and also I'm very, um, pro this, uh, body positivity, um, Mm -hmm. movement that's happening right now. So I just figured with those two things and like being raised with really strong women, I just knew that I wanted to work with women. So, and and that's what I enjoyed doing the most. Sure. So how did you, uh, go about exposing yourself to that then if you, you know, you came from a, uh, a background in like family portraiture and stuff, working in those, uh, portrait studios, the, the corporate, uh, portrait studios. That was a tongue twister. Um, how did you then find your lane into boudoir photography from that? Um, so, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago, I really didn't see much about boudoir photography until that time. Um, and then just being in like different Facebook groups and things like that, I was seeing people kind of get into it and I was like, Oh, this is a thing. This is real. And this is really cool. But um, at that time I was living in um, North Canton. I, I lived in a townhouse, didn't have mm-hmm. a studio. And I thought, you know, how can I, I don't even have a space to do these photos. So much like many of us did, we rented hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the first one I booked a hotel room and I'll remember, oh my God, the hotel was literally so ugly. It was like <laughs> this yellow wallpaper it was in there, but I was like, cool, we're going to make it work. So, um, I rented the hotel room. I had a couple people book things. My pricing was crazy low, ran like a model call just to kind of get started sure. um, and have some people to create a, a portfolio for mm-hmm. that work. Um, so I did, and then I created a group on Facebook and just kind of started talking about it more on my personal page, getting people interested in it. And it kind of just went from there. Um, and I did the hotel thing for a couple of years. Um, which was really nice. There are some great spaces in downtown Akron to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I started exposing myself to that and sharing it with people. So for that first kind of a uh, hotel like model call session that you were talking about now, did you, you were looking at that as sort of an investment opportunity for you? Did you pay for the hotel room and for people to come out or was it like, were they paying you for the work or how did you go about kind of setting that up? So at that time I did, yeah, I did pay for the hotel room. Mm -hmm. Um, I paid for the hotel 
room. I got snacks. I brought wine. I like made it fun and kind of advertised it that way. Um, And being very early into not really knowing how to run a business, not really Mm -hmm. knowing how to do that. Um, Obviously, it was a lot of expense on my part. um, But I wanted those photos. and I wanted to get my foot in the door as far as having that type of portfolio. Right. And I, you actually made an interesting point when you said that it wasn't until like five or six years ago that you really started seeing a lot of boudoir like online and people talking about it. I hadn't even thought about that really, but you're right. It, it like, it's, I don't know that it's a Pops more, everywhere. yeah, now, yeah, literally everybody's talking about it now. And it's, it's, it's great to see, you know, people actually embracing them, their themselves and feeling, um, Oh, I don't know, a, a connection to themselves and they wanting to show off their body. Like, I, I think that's awesome that people are kind of diving into that now. But it's so interesting that like, yeah, 10 years ago, it was, um, I don't want to say frowned upon, but like you just didn't see a lot of it. Like there just wasn't a lot of people doing it. And now there it is everywhere. Right. Um, so, do, you know, did you see yourself heading in that direction? Like, um, or like, I, I guess you know, coming out of nursing, was it just like, this is going to be boudoir photography is going to be the way I'm going to go with it? Or were you still kind of tossing other things around like portraits and weddings and stuff like that? Um, so coming out of nursing school, I, I really, I really knew I wanted to do boudoir, but, um, again, I didn't have the space for it being Mm -hmm. very new into business and, you know, being a mom, I kind of started, I really took on kind of a lot of jobs that, you know, anything that paid me. Mm-hmm. And through that, I learned like, I just don't want to do any of this stuff. Um, and so when I quit nursing school, when I decided that I really wanted to work on building a business for myself, it really was boudoir based. Um, I did do weddings as well because I do like, I do, I do like weddings. There are some aspects that are not my favorite, <laughs> but um it was mostly boudoir in mind. If I, the goal was, if I can get to a place where I can only shoot boudoir, that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. I mean, and you're, it sounds like you're pretty much there now. I, I mean, I don't know how, how long you've been in that space with just picking up a couple weddings here and there. That's always great money to come into. And the downside of weddings is they're just a shitload of work. They just take so much work to do compared to like, I'm sure a bu- not, not that boudoir sessions don't have their own, uh, you know, work that goes into them, but it's just a lot more in weddings. And if you can find a way to offset that and make the boudoirs sessions, you know, your full-time thing, I totally respect that because that's a hard thing to do. Uh, Getting into any type of portraiture and getting into those high dollar amount ranges with it um, that are able to sustain yourself and your business is a a really big challenge. Um, So were there, were there any, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, um, I really do uh, enjoy weddings. Mm -hmm. And um, now that I am to that place where I can kind of just shoot boudoir, um, I I miss my couples. Like, I do have some weddings coming up this year. And I have, um, uh, I spoke with a makeup artist about possibly doing her wedding next year. Um, I love small, intimate, unique weddings. I love, I really believe that people can dress up a backyard and make it look absolutely gorgeous. And yeah. I love those intimate ceremonies. Um, so if I come into situations like that, I will absolutely take those weddings on still. If it's something that I love and I'm excited for, um, I'm just not taking on big weddings that I know are going to be a lot of extra work. So, yeah. Um, 
the intimate weddings have been a big thing since COVID started too. I've had, I actually just put out a blog post today about like micro weddings and how uh, like the pros and cons that I've seen about those, but they, I, I've actually really liked the more intimate weddings. They feel they're, you know, they're easier going from a photography perspective, but also from the couple's perspective too, because there's less entertaining to do um, when you have a, a yeah. tight knit group of people there that you really care about and want there versus having, you know, 150 people and maybe, 75 80 90 of them you really haven't talked to in how many years you know just they're just there because they're family or whatever so i've actually really enjoyed those smaller intimate ceremonies the backyard weddings or elopements that people have been doing have been i actually enjoy them more than the the bigger weddings i do too and i feel like those smaller more intimate weddings i can really focus more on like um the artistic aspect of what sure. i'm doing rather than be rushed to you know do fit so in many as many photos <laughs> it's how it always feels when yeah. you have like a, a huge wedding it's like oh i gotta get a photo with this person this person this person and it's just like uh, there's no time to have fun like it's just all these you know i, I don't know maybe you try to get the more candid <laughs> moments I, huge yeah yeah I and mean, it just seems like it's never ending and you can't actually spend the time with the couple trying to get the photos that they want which is um you know always my favorite part those are my favorite photos of the day is just the couple's photos and i'd rather spend you know half the time doing that than getting the family photos, but it is ultimately up to them and what they want. So I can't argue with them there. Um, yeah. So follow up question to those other kind of like about your journey into boudoir photography and how you got into it. Um, were there any like key moments in the early part of starting your business that were uh, like really directed you towards becoming a full-time professional photographer and having your own studio were there any like defining moments to you that you remember that really were just like I have to take this opportunity because it's hit me in the face I need to move forward with it um yeah I mean I like I said I I knew that I really wanted to do boudoir photography and most importantly what I knew that I I just wanted to be happy with what I was doing I mm -hmm. I didn't want to stay in nursing and don't get me wrong i worked in nursing um, as a nursing assistant for eight years i have a very deep love for the elderly i actually really loved caring for them but i found so much joy in sitting down after my shift was over to drink some coffee and edit and like really get into it and like you know i didn't take any business classes i didn't take any photography classes i really just educated myself and learned from my peers and things like that. But the time that I would do that, I was just so happy mm -hmm. and I didn't want to come home from work miserable anymore. And right. I have a daughter <clears throat> and I really just wanted to show her you can have like a big creative life. You can do what you want to do. So I was really driven by um, showing her that um, really driven by just, you only get one life. So you have to try it, you know, yeah. Um, and then as far as kind of a defining moment with my studio, like I said, when I, when I first looked at this space, I really wasn't looking for one. I said, Hey, like maybe summer 2020, I'll start mm -hmm. looking around, you know, save some money. Um, I was just renting from, you know, a community space in Akron, which was beautiful, but I really wanted something smaller and intimate that I could make my own. Right. And like I said, I drove past here every single day that for at least time was up for probably five months and wow. one day I had some time and I said I'm just gonna look at it I came in it had these 
big, beautiful windows and hardwood floors. It was small. It has a room carved out in the back that I just knew could be great for a makeup room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just, I really just knew this was it. I knew there were going to be challenges with it and I wasn't ready, but I was going to have to get ready and make it work. So yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the photos of your studio, and it's it's absolutely gorgeous and perfect for what you're doing in there. Um, do you, you. you know, so my – what's that? I was going to say it's tiny. Like, it's uh, not as big as it looks. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean, I know the, the – like, those buildings themselves aren't super large. Like, there's not super large spaces in them that are the buildings that you're in. I'm not sure exactly which one you're in, but I knew that they couldn't be too big. Um, and also, I want to apologize because when – Whenever I'm talking, I don't know because we're doing this on Zoom or something. It it'll like cut your audio out. I'll see you're talking, but I won't hear what you're saying. So that's why I keep getting tripped up there, um, like oh. right there. <laughs> um. So um. But so hopefully I'll try not to keep talking over you here. I, I'm sorry. It's just I think it's the digital virtual meeting that is kind of causing a little issue. There, but um, I wanted to also ask you too because you um. You mentioned that like you, well, I, sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I wanted to ask you because you, you've mentioned your daughter a couple times now. Um, I think there's a lot of people who, you know, would be listening to this podcast who love photography and want to, uh, you know, pursue it as a career, but they're stuck in a uh, job and the stability of that job and they have children and they're too scared to make that leap to go into photography full time. How did you... You know, how did you accomplish that and how challenging was it to try to balance, you know, a, a healthy lifestyle for you and your daughter while also trying to pursue your goal of becoming a full-time photographer, a self-employed photographer? Um, there were, oh my God, there were so many challenges. I mean, so many challenges from financial challenges to work-life balance challenges, like, shit, I still deal with that part, yeah. you know, life balance. But yeah, I mean, with with kind of starting a portfolio and, you know, not really understanding like pricing and mm -hmm. um, you know, being new. So obviously you can't charge a ton of money, but you need to make money. Like I said, I, I did this in the nursing for so long because I needed to make it work financially um, because I had her. And, um, that was a challenge trying to do it all. Um, but I knew that I had, I knew I had to eventually get out of the nursing and I couldn't stop pursuing this. Um, I remember when she was little, um, when I was working, doing nursing full time and, oh my God, the nursing assistant job to those people who do it full time, like bless them. We need those people, mm -hmm. but it, it's extremely hard on your body. The hours are not great. Um, there's a lot of emotional labor that goes into that. And I remember her being little and just laying on the couch and, and she was just like, you're always tired and you're always grumpy. And I was like, I don't want that for her. Right. You know, I don't, I don't want that to be my existence as a mom. Um, I want her to see me doing weird shit and like creating and mm -hmm. being happy. And having fun. And I want to expose yeah. her to new people that I get exposed to. I want her to see me having, you know, creative friendships with people who are also inspiring and also have their own businesses. Right. So, um, like I said, I just decided that I just didn't want to be a tired, you know, grouchy mom all the time and, and do what I love. <laughs> 
so that yeah that was a challenge um like i said financially um you know trying to make both the nursing and that work um you know getting a, a payment system with my clients and things mm -hmm. like that and contracts put in place to where you know financially it was a little more easier to sustain and obviously over time that gets a lot easier um so some of those were some of the challenges that i faced and um we obviously got through it and right. I'm really happy that we did. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can only imagine, I'm sure it was, it, you know, I had a challenge of getting myself to that self-employment stage too, but I didn't have a little one that I had to look after at the same time. And that just is a whole nother level of stress to be having to take care of another human being at the same time as yourself and try to find a way yeah. to make that work. Um, so kudos to you because that is a challenging thing. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who are kind of battling with that same issue of, I want to be a photographer, but I have this family and I can't give up this stability to pursue my dream. And I think, yeah. you know, Personally, I feel like you, there's a way to find a balance between the two. And there's, there, I spent a lot of time, you know, working a nine to five job while it was, it was at a portrait studio. So I guess I was still kind of doing photography, but it wasn't, I wanted to be working for me. Right. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of times, you know, working a eight, nine, 10 hour wedding day, come home and then edit my own photos for another three or four hours and turn my, you know, eight to 10 hour day into a 12 to 14 hour day. And it's, it's oh, so stressful. Uh, and that yes. doesn't even, I, I'm not even taking care of a kid in that situation. So I know, I mean, it's just such a delicate balance and trying to find that, but it's, I think it is a pursuit if you got to keep after it and eventually you'll get there. Um, and uh, you just can't lose that drive and passion for it. And obviously right. that's worked out well for you. It's worked for me. I think that's just a key factor of it. Um, right. So you also and mentioned now she like Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, well, now you know, we made it through all that. And there were times also where I just felt like, oh my god, my mom's like always editing. You know what I mean? But it's right. like I have to. Uh, yeah, but, but now, at least you're you happy know, now, right? You're not the grouchy mom anymore. Yeah, and she gets to see um I remember when I first showed her my studio and she was like, Oh my god, mom, I wanna live here. So uh <laughs> online school on Mondays, we actually have our like office days where oh, that's fun. we come here. She works in my makeup room. I work out here. So 100% getting through those struggles has been absolutely worth it. I think that has to be really inspiring for her too, to, you know, to see her mom building this business and, um, you know, pursuing a, her dream and her passion. I, I think as a kid, you know, that I don't know what could be more inspiring to really show that you can do whatever you want to do. Um, and I, you know, and right. that is, is also just so cool that she's like, I want to go to work with you and like work at the same time. And so I can tell that she just has that respect for you as a mom and, you know, as a professional that she sees that in you and that she admires that drive in you. That's really cool. Um, I was going to ask um, uh, before I asked about your, your daughter and how you kind of, manage that. Um, you mentioned that you were a around a lot of like really strong, powerful women growing up and how that had an influence on you. Um, how do you think that like that plays a role into boudoir photography? I mean, it, it seems that I've seen your posts on social media and you're, you talk about empowerment a lot and body positivity, like you'd mentioned as well. So how do you go about, you know, if you have a client who's unsure or 
doesn't necessarily feel that confident about their body, how do you get them to that point of empowerment and how does that change the outcome of the photo shoot? So, um, during their shoots, you know, I, I'm, I'm goofy during my shoot. I will cheer them on the whole time. I'll like, you know, take a quick peek at the back of my camera and I'll be like, yes. Oh my God, you look so amazing. But also, you know, periodically through the session, if there's a shot that I'm really excited about, I show my clients. I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, look, like, look how amazing you look. One, <clears throat> excuse me. I want them to feel good, but I also want them to see what we're working with. I want to take that edge off a little bit so mm -hmm. that they are kind of like, okay, I don't feel, I don't, I don't look bad. I look great. Um, <clears throat> or maybe this pose feels really uncomfortable, but it doesn't look uncomfortable. Right. So, you know, it's, it's really important that you kind of cheer them on the entire time, kind of show them a little bit of what you're working with. Um, I do have a hair and makeup artist that I do have available for them if they choose to. Um, I also send out a survey before they come in to ask them, you know, what are your favorite parts of your body? Um, you know, what kind of questions or insecurities do you have? And, you know, I can kind of steer away from those things or sometimes kind of, kind of amp up those shots a little bit just to show them like, maybe you, maybe you're worried about that, but it looks different to me. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's important to me to show them how they look through another person's eyes, but also to just, I also tell them like, just enjoy this experience. It's not even a hundred percent about how you look. It's about taking time for yourself. It's about doing something to celebrate you, not just your body, but your existence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, take some time to just, enjoy this space and enjoy having photos made of yourself, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, so I, 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 not necessarily just on your post, but I see it a lot of times on Facebook where people will share uh, photographers specifically will share boudoir images that they've taken. And then you get the people who are like, when I lose X amount of pounds, I'll be hitting you up girl. Or like, um, when I, uh, you know, when I, I wish I could do this kind of thing, I don't have that confidence. How do you, you know, how do you approach that? Um, because those are people who are obviously interested in having, uh, you know, having a boudoir session, but they're not confident enough in themselves. How do you go about bringing out that confidence in them to help them consider actually booking one of those shoots? So, um, that kind of also goes into, um, something that I recently talked about on Facebook too, is a lot of boudoir photographers, and the idea behind the body positive movement started with love yourself, like love your body. And I'm more like, I'm a little bit more of a realist. I'm like, I don't want, you don't loving your body is really hard. It's mm -hmm. hard when you've had it your whole life and you've looked at it and you've watched it change through kids or stress or, you know, things like that. Um, I love my body because it's strong and it's been through a whole lot, but there are parts that I certainly do not like. And I, I don't think we have to, we don't have to love every single part of ourselves. So that's not necessarily my approach. It's more um, about acceptance. Um, you know, maybe my arms are a little bit bigger. Maybe I have, you know, this going on with my body. Uh, if you're coming to me and you're asking me to hide those things, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. you're, I want to see your body for what it is and, and learn to accept it and love it and appreciate it. Um, 
So really just acceptance is my goal. And a lot of times with that, you know, when people talk about the weight, it's like you don't have to lose weight. One, you deserve to feel pretty. You deserve to spend time on yourself. Um, and you deserve this type of experience to celebrate yourself no matter what size you are. You don't you don't earn this experience by being skinny. Like right. that's not how it works. Um, so I'll tell them that. I'll say you can do this at any size. Like I promise you will look amazing. Um, and I also have clients who will book multiple sessions throughout the year. And I've photographed them as their bodies have changed. They've mm -hmm. either lost weight, they've either gained weight, but they do it periodically just to watch the change and ultimately face looking, looking at yourself in photos can be very, very hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I just tell people enjoy it and just make it about acceptance. You don't have to see these photos and absolutely fall in love with yourself. You know, it's a journey too, right? Like, um, you know, understanding your body and, um, becoming more comfortable in your own skin. It takes, some people have a, a huge amount of insecurities about it. And I, I think, you know, like you said, you, I mean, I've seen your, your work come out before and you, you photograph, you know, skinny girls, larger girls, athletic girls. Like, I mean, I've seen, I don't know if she was a bodybuilder or not, but like extremely like in shape yeah. girls too. Like, I mean, literally everyone, and they all look great in the images themselves. And I have to imagine they have to be so happy when they see that because I'm sure whatever their insecurity is when they see the images themselves, I mean, that's the part of hiring the professional photographer, right? Is that you, you see their body in a different way and you can actually highlight and, you know, show off their, the features that they love about it. And then they don't have to, they don't worry so much about those insecurities anymore because they see themselves in a different light. And I think that's a big eye-opening experience. I think it's just getting that, you know, I think probably the challenge is just getting them into the door to get there. And then once they have that experience, I'm sure it opens up, you know, a, a new, not, I don't want to say a new world, but like a, a new version of themselves. They see themselves in a different light and it has to be, you know, very empowering to them to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And two things that kind of tying into that, that I would love to say is, you know, when, when I have clients that are insecure about their bodies, not only do I have clients who say, um, maybe when I lose some weight, um, Oftentimes we, we expect that to be the case because society kind of, and things have changed mm -hmm. over time. Absolutely. But as a whole society kind of looks down on, um, being a bigger plus size person. So yeah. ultimately, you know, we're always told lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. However, I do also have clients that have said to me, I really want to gain 20 pounds or mm -hmm. I really don't like skinny I look, can you make me look a little more full? The insecurity and body positive spectrum is equal on both sides. Um, and I don't think that people talk about that enough. Um, That's a really good point. I actually, you know, cause I hadn't even thought about that either, but there is the other side of things where people feel insecure about, um, you know, how skinny they are. They don't feel yeah. like they're curvy enough to do boudoir photography or something like that. And then uh, I do see that too, not quite as frequently, I guess, but it, it's out there too. And I think that's also an important thing to uh, distinguish too, that it does, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you, even if you aren't as curvy, you can still look and feel beautiful in that setting. And, um, I, I, it sounds like you do a great job of bringing that out of people, like in terms of just like communicating with them and trying to get them to understand that, Hey, you don't have to love every part of yourself 
But no. this is, I, I love that actually, the, just that mentality of this is about accepting yourself, not about loving every part of yourself, you know, accepting you as who you are and seeing yourself in this new light. Um, that's, that's really interesting to hear because that's not a perspective I had thought of um, when it came to boudoir photography. Um, but um, that's, I'm actually starting to, and we kind of talked about this before we launched into the podcast here. Um, that boudoir is something that I started offering because of my wedding clients. I have, I was having brides ask about, um, you know, can, uh, do you offer boudoir services? I want to, I want to create something for my husband as a gift or, you know, something like that. And boudoir was not really something that I tried to offer, um, or was wanting to offer. I feel, you know, for a couple reasons as a male photographer, I, I feel a little bit more, um, uncomfortable by it, I would say. Um, just because a lot of times I'm working with people who I may not know very well. I don't want to have miscommun uh, miscommunications that get misconstrued. Um, and also, I think that, you know, if the roles were reversed, I think I would feel more comfortable working with a female in the first place anyways, so, um, especially when you're working in minimal clothing or sometimes yeah. no clothing. Um, more intimate situation. Exactly. And that was actually the my question is, do you have any, you know, it is a very intimate and vulnerable situation when you're photographing a boudoir client. Um, and it's hard for them to find that confidence. I feel like, I mean, at least in my very little experience with it, I found that it's hard to bring out that confidence in them during the shoot because they're second guessing themselves. You're having them do things they've never done before. It feels uncomfortable. They're also not wearing very much clothing. So now that, you know, there's just a combination of things that is just becoming very uncomfortable for them. How do you bring out that confidence? I know you said you kind of like hype them up during the shoot, but is there any ways, like if you can just tell somebody is just generally uncomfortable by the shoot itself, how do you kind of manage that? Or do you take a break and just say, hey, let's, you know, bring it down for a second? Or what's your process there? So um, when somebody books with me, I send them out. Um, like I said, I send them out that questionnaire. Um but I also send them out like a little prep guide that I've typed up. And one of the things that I put in there is to, um, before you even get to the session, when you have some time alone at home, put your lingerie on, get comfortable in it. Um, or whatever, you know, outfit you're going to wear, get comfortable in it before you even are around me. Because here's the thing. If they come here, they've never worn that piece before for more sure. than a second to try it on. Um, they're meeting, they're essentially meeting a stranger mm -hmm. and, they're going to get photographed in a very intimate way that can be just so high pressure. So I'll tell people, you know, try your lingerie on at home while you, you know, while you're there, get comfortable in it, make sure it fits your body. Okay. You know, walk around at home in it for a few minutes and just let yourself exist in it and mentally get yourself comfortable. But also, you know, as far as posing, I always tell people, stretch a little bit, do some yoga for a couple of days before you come, make sure you're hydrated. Um, you know, if you have booked me, chances are you've seen my social media, mm -hmm. look at some of the poses, lay in bed and stretch a little bit or lay on the floor, right. like practice some of those poses just so that mentally, like you can feel how your body feels in it. And so that when you get here, you are not going to be as uncomfortable in those poses. Um, if you've done it before and you've practiced them kind of on your own in your own time, it's going to feel a lot less awkward than when you get here, you're in front of a stranger, you're in that piece for the same time or for the first time. And now you have a camera photographing that moment. So I always tell people like practice at home for a little bit before you get here. 
Um, and then if I can tell that somebody is uncomfortable, uh, not only do I say like, you know, I know it feels uncomfortable a little bit, but I promise mm -hmm. you it doesn't look uncomfortable. But also, um, I tell people too, if you need to take a break, like we're, we're not here to just completely rush through. Right. If you need to take a break, let's take a break. If you're feeling like uncomfortable, take a minute, grab some wine, grab some water. I'll make you a cup of coffee. You know, I've even had times where I've had conversations with clients where, you know, I'm, I'm posing them and we're shooting and they've, I can tell they're uncomfortable and they verbally said negative things about how their body looks mm -hmm. and I made the choice to stop. And I'll say, okay, hold on a second. Let's sit down on the bed and talk about this. Why are you, what are you uncomfortable? What are you uncomfortable with? How can we get through that? Um, so yeah, sometimes I will pause it and we'll have a conversation about it and I'll talk about how we can get them feeling more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned there uh, too, and I wanted to kind of dig deeper on that. Do you, are there specific things during the session that you offer to try to help them feel more comfortable? I know you said like wine, water, coffee, stuff like that, but um, I think I, I may have seen you even like have uh, your own, I mean, maybe that's what's right behind you actually in the video, but is your own wardrobe of stuff too? Do you have, is that four other options in case, you know, they bring something and they don't feel comfortable in it? You have that there so they can change? Yep. So um, I have, um, and again, that was like one of my selling points on this place is I saw that room and I was like, oh, there's a makeup room. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. But um, I have a couple racks of lingerie back there. Um, and the other thing that I tell people too is like boudoir is not about lingerie. If you prefer to wear like booty shorts and a band t-shirt or, you know, um, just underwear and a, you know, tank top or something, if that right. is like your brand of sexy, do not feel like you have to come here and wear some strappy little lingerie piece. It's about celebrating you and your style. Um, some people really want to get out of their comfort zone and wear something different. And that's fine too. Um, but in case people don't have something at home or in case they, you know, want to try something different than what they already have, I do have um, a wardrobe that I keep in there with sizes from extra small up to five X. Um, uh -huh. I let people go through it. Even if they brought things from home, you know, I'll tell them you're welcome to this. If you want to take a few minutes to find some pieces you like, I'm going to step out so you can try them on. Mm -hmm you pick out what you like, we'll kind of put together a game plan for where we're going to shoot. Um, so I have those options for them too. That's a pretty extensive wardrobe. I mean, that, I mean, I have to imagine you spent a good chunk of money on that. Cause that's a lot of outfits. Yes, but it just depends on where you get it. Um, and I can send you the link to that place too. So that way, you know, uh, <laughs> all right. I, I, I don't know if I'd have the best taste in picking those out necessarily, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, and I was going to ask too, because I think, um, you know, like I said, like I've, I've kind of fallen into having to do boudoir sessions for wedding clients. It's not something that I actually sought out to do. Um, and I think, you know, maybe I, I don't believe that I'm the only one alone in this, that as a male photography photographer also feels a bit uncomfortable going into this scenario, um, as a, you know, in a boudoir session with somebody who may or may not be a stranger to you. Um, do you have any tips for maybe male photographers who struggle with that as well as to how they can, you know, make sure that one, their client feels comfortable, but also make sure that they are, you know, one being professional. Cause I know that can be a huge issue with some male photographers. Um, but two also so that they're, you know, using language and stuff that is confidence boosting 
and not coming off as like sexually charged, I guess. Yeah. So the first thing that I can say is, um, and you know, from a woman's standpoint and also from a photographer's standpoint, um, the first thing to keep in mind is if they're coming to you and I know you said you're going to offer it to your brides, but if they're coming to you for this service, one, it's something that they have, you know, volunteered for. They, mm-hmm. they've sought you. Um, they know that you're a man doing this. And so at that point, they've already kind of become okay with it. Um, you know, I would also say, you know, in your contract, just make sure that that's legit too, that you have all your, you know, details organized in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other thing I would say is just keep your conversations, um, business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, keep it about business. If you're doing it for brides, you know, you can say, Oh my God, like your husband's going to love this shot or your hair looks great. You know, things like that. Those are ways to kind of encourage it. I feel like without coming across as like you're hitting on them or unprofessional or something. So yeah, you know, I I actually just did one recently for a bride. I have another one tomorrow with a bride and like, I'm trying to, you know, like, like as you know, I know how curves and like S curves are huge in boudoir photography and just creating those shapes. Um, and it, it's hard as a male to be like, you know, I need you to stick your butt out more. Like, you know, there's certain things that I feel just uncomfortable saying to people, but like to get that shape, that is what is needed. So like, I struggle myself. I'm like thinking in my head while I'm shooting, I'm like, man, how do I go about approaching this in a way that I don't actually, you know, like you said, come off as like, I'm trying to hit on them or I'm trying to, objectify them in this way because I think you know coming from a woman you may not perceive it in that way coming from a man it may be perceived slightly differently I don't know yes for sure so like me like my clients always joke with me that I'm always like okay now pop your booty up you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can say that and it's kind of like a joke and they know That's like fun. okay like I need to arch my back a little bit more but I do think it is all about the vocabulary that you're using and knowing some little tips on like how you can get that look without saying pop your booty right. or without saying anything about your butt. Um, so if somebody's laying on their stomach and you want their booty popped up a little bit more, you can just say, okay, now go ahead and pull your knees in a little bit. Right. If they're on their okay. stomach, pull their knees in, their butt's going to naturally come up and you didn't even have to mention it. Yep. That's a good um, point. Yep. So if they are standing and you want their butt rounded out, you could even just say like, okay, now tip your hips back a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's going to create that same movement without even making it feel like you're looking at their butt or something. Right. You know, it's just the little, little, um, the, just the way you say it, you sure. know what I mean? I mean, uh, that, that may help having a little bit of a understanding about anatomy in, in your case too, and understanding how the body kind of moves in that way. Yeah. Um, Cool. Um, well, and then another thing that you'd mentioned here too, was that you, you have a Facebook group. Um, I assumed that you meant for your boudoir clients to be in or people who were interested in, um, hiring you for boudoir photography. And I've seen that a lot recently. I've been seeing these like kind of private groups for that. Um, how, how has that affected your business by having that? And you know, what is the strategy behind using that group for your business? I actually just spoke with a very good um, photographer friend of mine last night about this, who um, is also a boudoir photographer. Um, We, she's a really great friend of mine. We talk a lot about um, 
business things, how things are working in our friendship. There's like not a competitive bone at all. And we just kind of help each other out. But we were having this really great conversation about our groups and the purpose for the groups to start with was to, um, one, increase bookings Two, mm-hmm. give, um, a little bit of kind of behind the scenes insight as to what happens in, um, a session, you know, you can post behind the scenes photos, you can post previews of client photos just to kind of advertise. Um, I post pictures of, um, new lingerie pieces that I get. If I get a sample album or a sample wall art piece, you know, I'll post photos or a video of that. It's just a kind of, it's a great way to give clients a taste of the experience and the studio without actually being here. Right. Um, so it is a really good tool for that. And that ultimately helps increase bookings. Um, it's also, um, been a really nice way to have a safe space for clients to, um, talk about personal things that women go through and kind of help each other and build relationships there. Um, and also to show our clients, like we're not just, um, we're not just our business, you know, we can talk about these personal things here with you too. So it's just to kind of advertise our studio, um, show our work a little bit and relate to our clients on a more intimate level. Now, do you see clients kind of um, hyping up other clients in there too? Like people who may be unsure of going into it or feel second guessing or unsure and then seeing that positivity radiate through your other clients back towards that client? Yes. And honestly, that is my favorite part of the group. That is my number one favorite part because there um, have been plenty of people that have said, oh my God, like, she looks amazing. You know, I wish I could do that. And then underneath there's five or six comments of saying, Oh yes, you can do that. Like you should, you know, or telling them how happy their experience was, or just saying, Hey, you don't have to lose weight. You can do this. So, you know, clients or other women who are not yet clients hyping each other up is definitely present in the groups. And it really is my favorite part. Yeah, that's awesome. That was the one thing that I thought about is like, it's a great tool for, really, you know, having, I, I mean, I guess that was the first thing I thought about is like, if you were unsure about doing it, posting in that group would be the best way to become certain of wanting to do it, you know, because everybody in there has been through it and is going to hype you up about it and say, you should do it. That's awesome. For sure. Um, all right. So last kind of business oriented question, we're going to get into a couple, like a few fun questions after this, it'll be a little more lighthearted, but, um, what is um what's your favorite part about boudoir photography and then what inspires you to keep creating these intimate beautiful photographs of your clients so my favorite part about it oh my goodness that's hard (laughs) because there's so many if i had to pick if i had to pick one number one favorite part it would be the people and helping Mm -hmm. them even if they don't feel great about their photos, even if they don't feel great about their body, they can at least say, holy shit, I just stepped out of my comfort zone and did this really weird and crazy thing that nobody, myself included, would have ever expected me to do. So if it, if anything, they didn't love how their body looked, at least they had a moment where they felt brave and excited for something. Um, so really, it's just it's just the people, all the different people that I get to work with and the way I get to kind of help make them feel that's my number one. Um, I do enjoy the creativity. I love having my own space. I love um, working to learn new business tips and be a better business person every day too. Yeah. Uh, but number one, it's my people. 
And uh, it, what what keeps you inspired to like, or I guess, where do you find inspiration to keep creating? Because especially when you're creating in a studio space where you're recycling, you know, elements and trying to see them differently on a day to day basis. What what do you do to keep you inspired? Um, I change things up in my studio a lot. So again, I do have a pretty small space. Um, but I always tell my clients, like, I know it looks great now, but it's going to be a hot damn mess whenever we're done <laughs> because I change things around a lot. Um, I've got like a bed set, a really nice little, um, velvet couch. I've actually got an antique tub in here, which is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. But, um, my boyfriend made this movable wall, which I kind of work with a lot too. So, um, and then I've recently picked up some neon lights to work with cool. and I get bored really easily. I, I don't want to constantly be creating the same things. So, like I said, I move things around in here a lot. I like to work with different light sources aside from just my natural light. Um, and that kind of helps me stay inspired and feeling fresh with my work. Yeah. So it sounds like you just, you really are just switching things up and trying new things regularly and seeing if they work or not. And that keeps you moving forward in a direction that is, you know, challenging you creatively, but also improving your work along the way. So that's cool to hear. Um, Cool. All right. So no more business questions, really. Um, We got a couple of listener questions at the end that are about business, but for now we're going to focus on some fun stuff. So, um, I'll dive into this one. We we ask pretty much, or we have asked our past guests the same question. But let's say we turn the clock back. Uh, we go back to when you first started photography. What is one piece of information or skill you know now that you wish you had known as your beginner self? A skill, or or just a piece of information about the industry, or you know, maybe it's a mentality about boudoir photography i don't know it could be literally anything but just one piece of advice that you would tell your beginner self hmm um i would say goodness i guess like the main piece of advice that i would give people who are beginning um is just learn always always be learning Um, always be hungry to educate yourself. There are so many tools out there, whether it is, um, you know, a paid mentorship with somebody else, YouTube videos, you know, learning from your peers, just commit to always learning, um, and always improving. Um, make sure that you learn the fundamental aspects of photography before, um, kind of anything else, just Mm -hmm. learning how to work your camera is really important. Um, to creating work that you love and um, at least making sure that your work is quality. So I would say that um, to beginners. Definitely. I mean, and that's actually been a recurring theme, um, the the mentorship and education aspect. Whenever we ask this question or, you know, throughout the course of the podcast, that I, I would say every interview we've had, that has come up in terms of reading or learning or attending conferences or paid mentorships, which is something that I did over the past, let's see, about the past year. And that was what let me take the next step into full-time photography was finding a mentor who could actively help me, you know, guide me in a direction that was going to get me there quicker than if I figured it out on my own. Um, So I'm I'm glad to hear you say that as well. And even I, who am not a beginner, I think it's really important that even if you are like a seasoned photographer and experienced photographer, that 
you're still always learning. There's always room for improvement. Um, if you, if you don't have that mindset, your work is going to stay the same forever. So, you know, even for us still learn, still try new things. And even I now have signed up for paid like online education, um, so that I can try new things with my business. So there are plenty of tools out there. Just, you know, find them and invest mm -hmm. in them if you have to. Yeah, that's actually my some of the things I look forward to most each year is the where I where I have the opportunity to learn from other people. And it was a uh, great. Uh, well, it was a big reason I even wanted to start doing a podcast too, was to talk to people who are also doing this professionally and pick their brains about their business and how, you know, what they see that maybe I don't see. Um, but my, my favorite thing is to go to conferences. Honestly, I love going to conferences like uh, PPA's imaging. Um, locally, the pixel connection does uh, the, uh, sorry, they do uh, pixel photo fest every year. And this year they yeah. do them. What's that? I've never been to one. That sounds like a blast. It it so they just it's a newer event that they started doing. So they this year it was online. Uh, the year before they did it at uh, Cleveland State in the Wolstein Center, and it was great. You know they have it, it. I was super excited about it because they were bringing you know like world renowned speakers to Cleveland specifically. I'm like you would and it was very affordable like to go to something like ppa or imaging or um i forget what the one out in vegas is but there's a few of these large uh, wppi these large conferences they cost a ton of money you got to travel to them you have to get a hotel and then there's the pixel connections like we'll just bring them here and we'll do it in cleveland and make it affordable and then you i mean i was shocked i was probably the youngest person there and there was maybe a hundred people there total. So I'm learning from these top name people like my current mentor, Scott Robert Lim, Sony Artisan, Joe Edelman, who was on the podcast the last episode. He's a, uh, a Olympus visionary, Lindsay Adler, who's a Canon Explorer of Light. All these people are there in Cleveland speaking to a room of about 20 to 25 people. You know, like it's, yeah, it was amazing. And that, so I look forward to that stuff every year because I just gained so much more out of it. It inspires me to like really get after it and go harder. Um, yeah. So education is a huge thing for me too. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, next question for you. If budget wasn't an issue, what would your dream boudoir shoot look like? If budget wasn't an issue, like if you could design any kind of set, do it anywhere you want to go, what would that look like? Hmm. So, um, I like the dark and moody. Mm -hmm. Um, my studio is very dark. Um, it's like dark jungle vibes. I have lots of plants and stuff in here, but I also really love, um, vibrant colors. So I, I don't necessarily love when I, I don't love like dark and moody photos where maybe the colors aren't very vibrant. Mm -hmm. So I like to, I use a lot of like jewel tones in my work. Um, I guess I would just have like black walls and lots of candles and lots of plants. And um, I'm not really a minimalist when it comes to photography sets. I kind of like them to look busy. I mm -hmm. like having a lot of things to work uh, to look at. So yeah, like, Lots of candles and maybe some antiques and plants and um, um, just like a dark, I don't know, dark, sexy <laughs> jungle vibe. Yeah, just, if, if you could just add more of that to your studio, you'd be all set. <laughs> more plants. Like I, uh, I love shooting outdoor. Mm -hmm. So even, even 
like um maybe like a field of like I don't know I don't want to say like tall grass but something outside with lots of plants and like an antique bed and some I don't know cool. I would like that too. Yeah. yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, cool. Next fun question. So a lot of our listeners, I mean, the whole premise of the podcast is transitioning from a photography as a hobby to a career path or to a full-time photographer. Um, if somebody were wanting to get into boudoir photography specifically and build their whole business kind of around that as the center point, where do you recommend they get started? How should they go about, you know, like you said, you developed your portfolio. What What's the first step to really start working your way into the boudoir photography industry? So um, once, you know, once you have a solid understanding of how photography works and you've got a little bit of a portfolio going and you're ready to dive into your business, um, you want to legitimize your business. And how you start that is you would go to the Secretary of State website. You would um, search your ideal business name, make sure it's not already taken, sign up for that, um, get business insurance, um, you know, make sure that you start all of your social media platforms that you want to be using. There's also um, tools out there that will let you simultaneously post from one social media maybe Instagram, but then mm -hmm. it also posts to Facebook. So just make sure that your business is, you know, legit. And then also make sure that you are on all the social media platforms that you want to be on, because that is free advertising for your business. So those are two places that I would say to start. Definitely. And I, again, I, I agree with you fully on the formalize your business. I mean, I, I think that is a huge differentiation between somebody who's claiming they're a professional and actually being the professional you're taking the precautions that you need to protecting yourself separating your personal assets from your business assets is a huge thing too and also you're um sorry my dog's barking upstairs it distracted me for a second um but also like the insurance thing is huge too if anything happens you may need to make sure that you yourself and your client are going to be protected and that you can you know if heaven forbid some accident happens that you you have that coverage and protection um, it adds a, another level of security to your business and also your clients will respect that aspect of you. Right. And I would also say with that, um, when I was a beginner, beginner, I thought to myself, oh my God, that's going to be so expensive to do. And honestly, it's not. It's not expensive to register a business name um, depending on who you speak with. You know, business insurance doesn't have to be super expensive. So anybody who thinks, oh my God, you know, I'm going to wait to legitimize my business because it's going to be pricey. It really doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, I, I don't know what it is in other states, but in Ohio, at least, I think it's only like, you know, if you're going to register an LLC, I think it's only like 99 or a hundred dollars or something like that. It's not a huge investment to do. You find out almost, I don't want to say instantly. I think it's maybe a couple days or if, if not, it is instantly. I don't know. It's a very short time period to get that legitimized. And then to get your you yep. know tax IDs and stuff, all of that's a really quick process. It does not cost a lot of money, um, but it, it is really important. I think a lot of people don't realize that separating yourself and your business is really important because if you know ultimately if something does happen, somebody comes back and sues you, and you don't have that business as a protection. They're going to come after everything you have, and that's just you know not a situation you want to be in. Hopefully, no, you know, hopefully neither of us or anyone listening ever gets themselves into that situation where it's 
but it's a reality that we live in and it's something that you have to be conscious of as a professional. Absolutely. Cool. So this one's a lightning round. I'm just going to fire out questions to you. Just throw out your answer, whatever it ends up being. All right. Mac or PC? Uh, PC, because that's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Zooms or Primes? Uh, Zoom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm with you, too. Oh, my dog's down here. She's growling at me now. <laughs> you said Zooms? What's your go-to Zoom? Um, so, I my favorite lenses are the 24 to 70. That's my favorite. Um, and then right now, I shoot with a 50, which I do also enjoy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love the 24 to 70. That's one of my go-tos, too. All right, back to the lighting round. Uh, natural light, off-camera flash, or constant lights? Natural light. Nice. Uh, Lightroom or Photoshop? Lightroom. Uh, coffee, tea, or needle? Coffee. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same boat. I'm all about coffee. All right, cool. That was our lightning round. I got kind of distracted because I wanted to know what your Zooms are. I, whenever somebody says their go-to is a Zoom, I get excited because I always go to Zooms too. And I feel like most people prefer Primes to Zoom, <laughs> so I always have to find out. Well, I know a lot of people prefer Primes to Zoom because I know a lot of people say like the um, focus quality is better with Primes. But I just, you know, and I, like I said, for my boudoir work, I actually shoot with my 50. Um, but when I shoot weddings, the 24 to 70 is my favorite because you have to, you need something that's versatile. Yeah. You know, you need something that you can get up close with if you need to, you need something that you can kind of shoot wide with if you need to as well. So that's my favorite. I like it for its versatility. Yeah. It creates variation too, which I like, you know, um, it gives you, you may not get that depth of field that you would get with a one four or one eight when you're shooting with a 24 to 70, but you also have the ability to shoot at 24, 35 and 70 and you, you know, otherwise you'd be swapping out a lens every two minutes to get all those different shots. So that's kind of why I like it. And so I also really, I rely on my 70 to 200 a lot too, when it comes to like couples portraits to make sure I got everything in focus, but, um, cool. Last fun question I got for you. Um, and we have traditionally asked every guest on here just because, um, TJ, our, our past host, uh, co-host, I should say, um, was a really avid reader. I have tried to get into reading, and I just seem can never seem to find the time, and it's just not how I like to relax. So we always ask, we try to make a note in the show notes of uh, any reading materials that you felt have helped you either business-wise or photography-wise, or something that may, even if it's like a mindset thing, um, but if there's any kind of books that you've read that you may feel that a listener could get value out of to help them elevate their business. My favorite book, oh my God, let me see if it's in my drawer. Hold on. Maybe it is. It's in my drawer. Hold on one second. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just couldn't remember who it was by. Um, all right. So this book is like my Bible. I actually bought one and sent it to a friend of mine because I just thought that she could benefit from it so much, but it's, it's this. Um, I, it's I just recently listened to that. I yeah. listened to the audio um, It's by Jen Sincero. I love that book so much. Um, it's it's kind of a self-help uh, self motivational book, um, but it's also very realistic. Um, it's not, it doesn't really sugarcoat things. And that book has really even though I've read it and I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I just need to check myself mentally. I need to get out of a funk, you know, I'll kind of go through and just like skim the book and read some little parts here and there that 
I recommend that book to everybody. It is my Bible. <laughs> yeah, I'll, and I'll second that. I, I just recent, well, actually, I don't know, within the past six months, uh, listened to that on audiobook, and it is a great book. It, uh, um, it. motivation wise, is it is great. I mean, it really kind of. Yeah, I would say she's kind of blunt about things, you know, and just is very like, you know, matter of fact, and it she's, she's right. I, I agree with her in most of the, you know, most cases when she is being very blunt, but I think it's a lot of, uh, a lot of people can gain a lot out of that book. So that's a great recommendation. All right. So this is a new segment we wanted to start adding into the podcast too. Um, we want to start taking more listener questions that we can, um, you know, ask our professionals that we interview on the podcast. So um, I felt like, you know, your insight into boudoir photography and like professional photography today has been, you know, extremely valuable and great insights to people who are starting to get into the, uh, the profession itself. So, uh, do you mind answering a couple more questions before we hop off of here? All right. Awesome. Cool. So, um, this question comes from Rachel. It says, I've been trying to build my business for the past couple of years, but I keep throwing money into ads and none of them seem to work and drive my business. Do you have any recommendations on how to improve that? Um, putting money into ads. I would say don't put money into ads at all. <clears throat> Make sure that you are um, keeping consistent with your social media posts, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whichever platforms you choose. Um, there actually is an app called Planoly, and it will actually let you schedule your Instagram posts. Um, you can take, you know, a half hour, post your, um, I think it'll let you post like nine at, at once, and you can schedule like when those roll out. So that will help with consistency as far as um, sharing on your business page, uh, on your business pages. Um, I know Instagram will let you set it up to where whatever you post also rolls out onto Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I just think that if you are consistently sharing on your social media platforms, which are free, you won't need to pay for business ads. Yeah. And so, and I actually, I have a little bit of a different opinion on it, Rachel, that I, I've actually had a lot of great success out of Facebook ads when it comes to wedding photography. Um, I've felt that they've helped me expand my reach to couples, uh, over the past year a lot. Um, I would just suggest that make sure that you're targeting the right audience for you when you're building these ads. I think that's a key thing. And Facebook, while it makes it pretty easy to build an ad, I think the most difficult part about it is identifying your audience of who you're trying to reach and then effectively reaching them. I think a lot of times people go too broad or too narrow with who they're trying to reach in their ads. So I think what I would do is I would sit down and write out your ideal customers for whatever type of photography it is that you're trying to do um, and, and describe them. What, how old are they? What are their interests? You know, um, are they male or female? And really narrow down who that is. And then when you get into your targeting, the better you can target that specific type of person, the, the more results you're going to see out of it. If you're going too broad, you're going you're gonna to be hitting too many people that don't need to see what you're sharing. If you go too narrow, you're limiting you know, potentially customers from reaching out to you. So that would be uh, my advice in terms of trying to get better ads going. Sorry, I, I couldn't hear you there. Um, I don't know. My, it's still the Zoom thing. What was that? That's a really great point. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. I, I struggled with that for so long. I'd throw money into promoting posts and like just never converted to anything. So as soon as I got the targeting down, it was like a game changer for me. 
Um, cool. So we got one more question. Yeah. Um, this one's from Kevin. It says, I'm a photographer who's just starting out, but I know this is where my passion lies. What kind of lenses do you suggest investing in as a newer photographer? Hmm. I would say as a newer photographer, um, I would invest in the 50. Um, I have a Canon 50 millimeter 1.8. Um, it's a great lens. Um, and also if you're beginning, it's also not very expensive too. So that's a, that's one that I would recommend. Yeah. That, uh, the 50, the nifty 50 is definitely a good beginner lens, especially for the price point. Um, you're right. It's, it's very affordable. Pretty much every brand is very affordable. Um, and I, I would say, you know, finding a comfortable zoom is good too. I know we, we were just talking about the 24 to 70 and the 50, but uh, the 24 to 70 was really what changed photography for me and got me thinking about it in a different way. Um, actually, it was the 28 to 75, um, the Tamron 28 to 75, which is a 2.8 lens also. It's a little more affordable than going like the Canon, Nikon, Sony 24 to 70 route. Those are going to be more expensive lenses. Um, so I would look into like a Sigma or a Tamron version of the 24 to 70, you're going to end up saving a little bit of money on it. And I think you're going to get a wide range of uses out of it from anything from a wide angle to portraiture work. You're going to be pretty well covered with that. Um, cool. So those are our questions from our listeners today. Um, if anyone listening has a question that they'd like to ask a professional on a future episode, um, please feel free to email them over to social at the for a chance to have them answered on the podcast. But Jamie Lynn, that is all I have for you today. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast uh, this morning. And, uh, you know, is there anything you'd like to plug here, website, social media that you'd want to people to, if they want to find out more information about you, where they can go? Um, well, thank you so much for having me um, on Facebook. Um, it's Jamie Lynn, or, I'm sorry, <laughs> Bombshell Boudoir by Jamie Lynn. Um, on Instagram, it is also Bombshell Boudoir underscore by Jamie Lynn. That's where you can find all of my work. Um, I do have a website that's um, in the process of being built. Those will uh, The links to that will be shared on those platforms um, as soon as it's ready. But for right now, I am just on those platforms. You can um, find all of my information there. And then if you have questions, um, my email address is jamielynnphotography at outlook.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie, again for joining us. And uh, I'll hopefully be talking to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Justin. Have a good day. You too.